Joe Sackick is the smartest man alive. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your hosts today, TJ Branson, Zach Vogel, and Mike Rogerson. Hey, hey, hey. Hey there. Today we got the Colorado Avalanche, the team to beat, or at least one of them. What are you guys thinking when we talk about the Avalanche? Offense, offense, offense. Even their defense is offense. Top players? Should we go right there? I think we can come to a consensus on a number one on, here. On a consensus number one? Yeah. Not, not only is Nathan McKinnon the consensus number one, but man, do they have him on a fantastic contract? Yes, oh sir. Probably God. one of the best. One of the best. Him and Pasternak, dude. Like, I think Pasternak is at like six six or something. But those yeah. are two of the some of the best out there. And McKinnon has already said that he wants to take another team friendly deal. Which even when he gets his raise, that's probably team friendly. When it gets to that time, it's probably going to be like ten. You know, because yeah. dude's going to be worth like thirteen, fourteen, ten is going to be team friendly. You know, right, well, I right have a now he, that he wants to win, you know. Yeah, 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 for sure. And he'll he'll make do with forty or fifty mil. He'll be he'll be okay up <laughs> in Canada here. Yeah, but you know, right, just right got now, a budget. You, you you can get Pasta and McKinnon for the price of McDavid. Like you add up those two salaries, almost. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Uh, okay, so easy enough. He is number one. His ADP in the five hole leagues were that we tracked was three. I was going to so, say two. <laughs> yeah. I think he went He went as far down as six, but it was in a league that um, just really didn't play to his strengths. I think that was the one where Ovechkin went at number one. I think it was like really bang heavy. going to say, what isn't one of his strengths? Like, I'm looking down every column here, Locks. and they all look pretty strengthy. <laughs> okay, so it was goalie heavy, and it was uh, bang heavy too. So Vasilevsky, Hellebuck went before Marshand went number four in that same league with McDavid and Dreisaitl falling to six and seven. So if that tells you anything about the league, that he fell all the way to eight, actually. So, yeah, even then, his ADP was still like three and change. Take him one, two, three, doesn't matter. He's pretty good at hockey. Hey, you took him uh, You took him number one, did you not, in our uh, in our patron league? Uh, yes, I did. Yes, yes. I like him. Even if you take him at number one, nobody's going to blame you. How can you not like 300 shots, you know? He's good. Take our word for it, okay? Number two. <laughs> Number two. This one was trickier for me. I went with Rantanen, personally. Same. I also went with Rantanen, and I didn't find it to be tricky. Yeah, me neither. But I'm, yeah. that makes me all the more curious to see who you had at number three. But uh, on Rantanen, I think like you know his time in the on the third line and away from the top power play got, got some people a little shaky. But I think there's no doubt in my mind he's point-per-game material, should be locked to McKinnon in all offensive situations. Looks like a career-high shooter, too. Paced for 37 goals this year. No worries about McKinnon and Rantanen playing together. I like Rantanen a lot. I think I'll like him more this year. Like, they were just... They got the shit stick for injuries this year, so their whole team was just all over the place. And he definitely got it, too. Yeah, which has led to him falling in a lot of drafts, I've noticed, because he seems to get forgot about, especially in the, the types of drafts where people are watching just, like... 
the next up on the list because he missed a lot of games and he's he's far down the the list sometimes. But I think he's point per game or better. I would I would guess. That's yeah. some, right wing too. That some bitch needs to shoot more though. He has a career sixteen percent shot percentage. Yeah, sixteen percent. Imagine career. if he like if the volume went up too, man. Like we're talking forty five goals. He's never had more than two hundred shots. He's never had more than a hundred ninety three is the most that he's had. That's not bad. I mean, if we're getting real picky, what's that? That's like two and a half a game. Yeah, well, somebody that has a 16% career shooting percentage, I want you to shoot more. Yeah, if he if he gets up over three shots a game, then we're getting in dangerous, like 45 goal territory. Love it. All right, I can't wait any longer, Raj. Who the fuck do you have at three? <sighs> Are you going to make me do it? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, so it's Kel McCarr, yeah? Uh, yeah, I did have McCarr at third. Um were you thinking I, about putting him at number two? Is that the thing? Makar is um, just such a good offensive D. The so, only downside, other than you know me bitching, the <laughs> only real downside to him is because of the whole Hughes and Makar thing. It always seems like both of them are too high. Yeah, it's like, a little bit of a reach. Um, it seems like it's such an argument, like all year long last year, and in every draft, who's better, who's better, who's better. It always seems like someone thinks Makar's better, so they reach for him to make sure he goes, or like someone will reach for Hughes to make sure he goes, and I think they both end up going uh, too high. But I don't think you can go wrong uh, picking him as your first defenseman even. So, Zach, you said, oh, Jesus, when he brought up Gabriel Landeskog. Does that mean you have Landeskog at four? I or do maybe have even Landeskog five? at four. I do have, yes, I'm a car at three, and I thought it was pretty easy. I thought that top three was, you know, cut and dry for me, McKinnon, Randon, and McCarr. Um, at four, I had Landis Cog because, I mean, yeah, I get that he's on that top line and everything. Um, he can be a point-per-game player, but has only done that once in his career, and he hasn't played a, a full season in, what, seven years? He's he's oftentimes hurt. Uh, I, I can't get behind him being at number three. I think that Kale McCarr is going to keep growing and keep being a bigger part of that uh, of that team. And when Bowen Byram does come up, nothing is going to change for Kale McCarr. Nothing. I think he's locked in his spot for sure. I think so too. I had Landis Guy get number three. Um, I factored in a little bit of value, taking into account also what Roger was saying about Kemakar being a little bit of a reach. Like you're probably going to get 65 points out of him, but you're going to get 65 points out of Landeskog two rounds later, and you're going to get a reasonable amount of shots. Like he had uh, 243 in 1819. That year he shot 3.3. The rest of the like, the five years surrounding that 2015 2.25, 16 2.35, 2018. 3.33 and then 2019 went back to like the regular. I don't think those shots are going to be there. I think that was kind of irregular, but I think he's in the seventies. You know, he's going to be probably sharing line one duties with Burakovsky unless they keep that top line together. But there's, there's a little bit of flexibility there. He hits like reasonable pims and the production in the seventies. I think Landis Gog at 65 for his ADP versus Makar at 46 ADP. I think Landis Gog is a little bit more valuable. Does that make the only thing, sense? The only thing that you got to also play into that, though, and, and the reason I had Makara ahead of uh, Landis Gog is that, you know, 60 points for a defenseman yeah, I know. is just heads and tails above, you know, 65 I agree points with you guys. for a like, forward. 
I totally get it. I, I get Makara 3. I'm, like, I'm not trying to convince you otherwise, but it's just this is how I laid mine out because I'm kind of like a little wary of Kale Makar just because of that reach warning. Like I'd love to have him, and D gets so thin after a certain point that you have to cash in on at least one high-end defenseman, Kale McCarr being that guy. But he's like he's points only. If you're in a, like a full cat league and everything like that, he is the shiny new toy. So you're gonna have to pay up for him. I mean, 65 to 70 blocks hits each game on a pace. Like if he can get to one or more, I think I'd be more than willing to to pay a 46 ADP. But like, but there's other guys that I like, like Yossi, uh, that I go for. I don't know. I'm, I'm finding it hard to back this up. Like I probably should have had Landis guy at, at four. And Makar up a little higher, but <laughs> but there's a reason I, I like what Landis Gag brings. There's a reason that Ryan Graves or Eric Johnson <laughs> is playing with Kale McCarr. Yeah, there's a reason for that. Kale McCarr doesn't have to, you know, block and hit at you know a one or two blocker hit per game pace. That's yeah. their job. That's their job to do. You Kale can't McCarr blame me for wanting like a hundred of each two. Like if you think what four years ago we had a top three right it was it was always Hedman Burns Carlson and they got points and they brought peripherals too you know Burns with the shots Carlson with the uh, blocks and then and shots and then Hedman with like kind of a mix of everything just at a lesser extent that's what I want for this new crop too because it seems like Kel McCarr and then you got Rasmus Dahlin who can bang. And Quinn Hughes are going to be like that new crop of three. Even Heiskin and throw him in there. I just, I, I want, I want that nostalgia, man. No, kids don't bang. TJ, in all honesty, I don't know that we are going to see another, you know, young group of defensemen like that for a while. You know, I mean, and and I know everything's cyclical, and at some point in time, they're going to get back to you know big body defensemen being what you want and everything like that. But it's just not the way the NHL is played right now. I feel like I'm coming across as like not liking Kale McCarr, having spent the last year being the Kale McCarr advocate. Oh, you love Kale and McCarr. I, I know you I, do. But yeah. he's, an, he's, <laughs> so, an LF, he's an LFG. Yeah. He is. He doesn't bring that kind of stuff. I think 46 is, is perfect, but I, I saw him... The reach factor on him was a little heavy. Uh, let me let me see if I can get at the highest he was drafted. Right here at 28, and that, that's the highest he went. So he was like the first pick of the third round, somewhere in there. That's a little much for me. That's high. That's that high. is high. I'm not willing to draft him there either. That's like but that's Yossi also Hedman. Why, that's also why, I don't, that why I'm probably not going to have Kale McCarr on any of my teams. Fair enough. He did shoot at 10% this year which is pretty crazy for a d but then again we'll see what what this new crop is all about they could be they could break the mold on the four percent average for a defenseman kind of thing the whole colorado team as a whole like their top i think top 10 players their top 10 forwards are all above like 15 percent. they're all like 14 15 17 19 15 17 so they definitely are uh a team that goes that way. Okay, number five. I guess we're there. Uh, Nazem Kadri. Yes, sir. Yeah. Me too. What is How going on it? here? How about it? I, I think the top five is, is pretty cut and dried here. Nazem Kadri, if you count Pims, Kadri moves up in your rankings. The hits are reasonable. Did you guys notice that they're fading a little bit? Like the, the hits were really elite two years uh, before he got traded from Toronto, and now they're kind of like in that, that one per game area rather than one and a half, two-ish. 
Yeah, well, I mean, his uh, his last period of time in Toronto, he was trying to clean up a bit after his two years in a row ruining the playoffs with suspensions. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, he had a bad he had a bad rep. But mm. uh, do you think he's trying to play his... a little more straight edge, or is you know he was third line there, so the the role might have been a little little bit different. It was such a gong show this year in Colorado. It's hard to it's hard for anybody to settle into anything other than McKinnon just go f- full force all the time. But, How about that power play, man? Do you guys see Kadri as that fifth piece, or do you think Burakovsky's got a shot at it? I think Burakovsky has a shot at it. It wouldn't be bad to have a center, like another center on your second power play unit, too. Confer, I mean, he's good, but... Yeah, Kadri's definitely a good net front presence and dirty as fuck, so that's always mm-hmm. good to have distracting good, people good face-off win percentage too he doesn't take a ton but i think what was he like 59 or something like 56 maybe 56.8 yeah that, that ain't bad that ain't bad all right uh let me take a stab at you guys depth burkowski leading the way yes sir and then mm-hmm. brandon sod behind him yes sir ryan graves okay yes, I'll, sir. I'll accept it <laughs> Dude, i ryan love graves is just hitting and blocking like a fucking Dude. madman and he's top pairing with Makar, too, so he'll have that even strength exposure. Love it. I want to talk about Andre Burkowski because what's really awesome about him, he is one player that I'm confident is going to be an ADP sleeper. His ADP was 198.6. 198.6. Somebody that has, like, that's that's last round material. That's when you bet on ceilings. That's when you bet on, okay, he's going to play with McKinnon and Ranton, and that's when you bet he's going to be on the top power play. I love that. That is like, I'm willing to put my stamp on Burakovsky as your last round pick. The numbers scare me a little bit. Like, I'm not ready to call him 64-point pace material. What did he shoot? His shooting percentage was a little fucking wild, wasn't it? Yeah, almost 20%. Just under 20%. I think any extra time on ice at 15-12 average time on ice, if that bumps up with top line, top power play, any regression from a shooting percentage I think will be cleared up. I'd love to call the over on a 60, 65 point pace on him, given the right opportunity. Yeah, man. He had the the second highest. He was tied with Rantanen for points per 60, which uh, isn't too shabby. I'm not I'm not saying he's going to tie Rantanen this year, but he's, a, he's definitely an underrated value pick, that's for sure. But he's another guy that just does not shoot enough. No. So yeah, he did 19.5% at 100 shots, you know? So... If you're only going to shoot 100 shots, you know, uh, and, and I get it there. He only played in 58 games this year, um, but still. So what he would have shot, you know, 140. Come on. Yeah. Come on. I'd love to see those shots go up. Only six, six and a quarter shots per 60. So he's not hanging out in elite territory, but he's also not hanging out like with the schmucks. It's kind of in that uh, hanging out with Louis Erickson, Morgan Riley, Robbie Fabry kind of area. That's, that doesn't sound very fun. <laughs> so, TJ, I have a question for you. Because I, I, sure. I know you, you kind of like him. Where are you at on Sam Gerrard? I like him because D gets thin, and you start looking at guys like Sam Gerrard, and, and they start looking good. I think he's going to enjoy that power play two time. I think that's a lock. And depending on Bo and Byram's timeline, I think it should be like next year, maybe even this year we'll see him a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if Gerrard keeps that power play two time, either by... 2D on the top power play or 2D on the second power play. I'm I'm pretty high on Gerard keeping at least power play two. Well, they have a pretty stacked defense. Yeah, they Devin sure Taze, do. Ian Cole, Ryan Graves, dude, they're Eric they're looking Johnson, good. Sam Gerard, Kel McCarr, those, those are those are your six defensemen. Those are yeah. six good that defensemen. That looks good. Absolutely. Yeah, they really filled out that back end quietly. Devin Taze was a fantastic pickup for them. Oh yeah, fantastic. I think they. 
pitched a, uh, who, who do they send out? Like a pick? Really good. Taking care of, um, you know, before Johnny Boychuk retired on account of his eye, you know, holding New York against the wall with their cap situation. So it had to happen. Yeah, his his eye. It was, it was like, <laughs> yeah, Marion Hosa convenient, but I don't know. I, I, that's not a video I want to watch again. Him getting his eye all fucked up. I don't fuck with eyes, dude. Don't Ugh, do it. No, don't no, do no. it. Won't do it. All I want to say on Brandon Saad is that I think he'll probably stay kind of around where he was. I don't think he's draftable, but 20 goals is something that we've come accustomed to. Like 50 points would be good. I got him in streamer territory. He was a fun streamer last year. I think we're in for another year of that. Yeah. Yeah. Shoots a fair bit. Are you guys interested in Devin Tace at all? Like third pairing is what DFO has him at right now. And you you really can't blame him. And like that's he's not third pairing I material. Have him too. Yeah, I mean, th- with how stacked everything is there, <laughs> aces it's in places, tough. man. <laughs> you got Makar and then Gerard second up when it comes to offensive situations, and then you know it's going to be a tough road for him to to be needed to play offensively. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really great pickup. Well, I mean, if we're calling calling that one, then we can move on to the goalies. What do you guys think here? Uh, I think it's the weak point on the team, I would say. I think it's two, personally, two pretty average goalies, but with a team like this, that's really all you need. That's all you need. And Francois has shown that, or Coase or Francois or whatever he likes to be called now. Something. Uh, um, He's shown that he can be streaky, and he's, he's semi-reliable, but if it was a different team, I wouldn't want everything riding on that tandem, I don't think. You know, Grubauer. I don't think that Francois is really that bad. I drafted him in one of our leagues. I am definitely not against Francois. Um, I think that he is better than Philip Grubauer. That's for sure. But a lot of people have Grubauer ahead of Francois. Yeah, I think I think management does too. Like Grubauer is the one A, Francois, Francois the one B. But what's what's interesting about Grubauer is you can bank on at least one groin injury for him almost every year like he will go on IR and then Franco's takes takes it so just based on the team that they have they're gonna chug wins between the two of them I got I got it like 50 50 so I, I don't mind handcuffing that that tandem yeah and if wins count for a lot which they generally do I think Colorado's gonna win a shit ton of games 50 50 split I think uh just be curious to see how their percentages turn up but looking at that that top 6d they have that makes me feel better about the the pairing. Yeah. And at this ADP, like Grubauer at 93, Franco's at 111. A couple of times he went as far late as the 190s. So just banking on those two guys as, as later picks. Like if you're a guy that fades goalies and you could pick up the Colorado tandem, that's a good look for me. I do feel like I got him pretty cheap. <sighs> I will say that. I'll say that too. Prospect time, Bo- Bowen Byram. So, Zach, it's, it sounds like you don't think there's going to be a battle for number one defenseman at all? No. Do you think that? Uh, not not so much. No, I don't think so. Like he, In the World Junior scrimmages, he was doing really well. He's got a good D sense, good offensive sense, too. And I think it would be fun if they ran 2D on the top power play, but to me, that's the only way Byram get, gets top power play. Outside of that, he looks, he looks good. Uh, Alex Newhook. This kid is going to be fun. Center, left wing, he is fast. He's good on the forecheck. He's probably going to be playing in 2021. As a center, you could see him behind McKinnon, but he also plays left wing, so he could be that like 
Burakowski, Landeskog spot. If you're in a dynasty, Alex Newhook should be on your wish list. You should be targeting him heavily, like almost in that like Kaprizov area, Batherson, like those those big name guys. Newhook fits in with those guys. Um, Martin Kaut, he was he's also a versatile who guy. I had next, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he's not bad. Um, like he's he's a he's a play driver. He makes his line mates better. Um, real versatile kind of kid. I like him a lot too. Uh, Eustace Anunen, great pedigree, outstanding numbers last year. Eight ninety this year. It's only nine games in, so I don't know if I'm like if I'm shopping him or anything yet. But he's sharing the net with Joel Blomquist, the Pittsburgh prospect. Only two games for Blomquist, but a nine fourteen could eventually complicate things for Anunen. Uh, plenty of time to write the ship, so I, I don't think he's like I don't think he's done for either. Uh, last guy I got is Alex Bocage, a um, little bit under the radar. He's he's been doing good. Like uh, his Memorial Cup was really good, and I liked him in the the QMJHL in his age group. He was ranking really high. BFG, good winger, generates shots. Fourth in the Q for shots, so he's somebody I think is good. Um, there's one other guy that I want to add to this list, and that's uh, it's Connor Timmons. All right, dude, they their their defensive prospects are just so fantastic. Like, uh, and and they keep on drafting them. And what do we always say? Like, yeah, it, <laughs> it is not bad to keep having more and more good young defensemen. So, like, you got Devin Taves, who's young, Paul Byram, who's kind of come up, Kale McCarr, Connor Timmons. Like, get out of here. Justin Barron, like they have all of these yeah. just really good young defensemen that they can either use as trade ships or keep them in the system. Um, he's just another young player that I think is worth a look, especially, you know, <laughs> if you're going dynasty style. Yeah, offensive and defensive. Um, good to be a second pairing defenseman when he when he does come up. It's just, it's filthy what Colorado has put together in defense. Like Devin Tay is just adding to your quote unquote prospect pool as well, like young D that you can just build around. And then they go ahead and draft Justin Barron this year. It's embarrassing to say the least, but uh, smart. that brings us it's it's smart. smart, smart too. Like worst case scenario, you have an absolutely filthy defense. Like if they can't trade anybody, I don't know. It's still a really great look. What Which do you guys crazy, think? Because Joe Sackick, you, you would think that he would go so, you know what I mean? That he would go heavy on, on offense, but no. He's old school. I you like got McKinnon, Jackson. who's young. You got uh, Martin Kaut, Alex Newhook, especially. Bo Cage coming up. Ranton and Young. McKinnon Young. I think I said that. Uh, Burris- great, Burakowski can add to it. Too. That's the thing. Their contracts are great. This is what happens when you can sign really good contracts. And I think uh, McKinnon didn't really... I think he signed that and then put up like 53 points or something and then exploded. So it was perfect timing for them. But it really paid off. Really, really paid off. Joe Sackick is the smartest man alive. <laughs> Landis Gog's like the old dog on the team, and he's only 28. Yeah, that's what I mean. Well, yeah, I, I mean, you, you throw Kadri in at 30. Is like this old man, right? Like on that Yeah, team, we were playing him nuts. in, uh, what, 2010? Or w- what fucking NHL did we play, 2013? Oh, my God, he was so good in that game. Fucking A. <laughs> he was so good in that game. But wasn't he like, didn't he win like the Calder like the year before? No, he won the Calder in 2011. He's quite good. Yeah, 52 yeah, points as a rookie. He was so good in that game. I love. I loved playing with him. And they were and they were like a bad team in that game. They weren't even. Good. Oh yeah. But like 
their they offense were a bad was team nasty. three years ago. I guess four seasons now, but they, they were, were really they were really bad. Now they they're turned it around so quick. Yeah, they were goalie injuries away from. I would think going to the Stanley Cup. Uh, that's going to bring us to value picks, guys. Who do you like? I got I got both the goalies here. I think it's great, and obviously I I talked enough about Burkowski. I'd agree with all those for sure. I mean, uh, Kadri Kadri is uh, pretty solid across the board. Um, well, I will gonna... agree. I will agree with the goalies, though. However, I actually looked up when I drafted Francis, and it was round ten, pick seven. Yeah, and so, I am perfectly fine with that. Like right around one thirty. And that was that was good. well after the infamous goalie run. That that was a hell of a goalie run too. But uh, that's going to be it for Colorado. You guys can find us tomorrow talking about St. Louis and the Blues. Um, a lot better in real life than in fantasy, I've found. But anyway, if you guys want to find us, we're at FHF Hockey on Twitter. You guys can join the Fantasy Hockey Discord. And until tomorrow, we love you guys. Love you.